But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. I'm your host, Cody Ryan, uh, with my co-host, as always, Booby, Bobby, Bing Bam, Rickards. Uh, what's up, Bobby? You have like a month and a half to come up with a nickname for me, and that was, you chose to do it just um, you now. You know what the thing is? I didn't even really choose to do it. I just started doing it, and um I'd like to think the worst possible outcome came out. So um, I'm happy about it. So no, I just get, don't really respect it. Can only get much. better from here. Um, well, I've made that clear. Come on. Right. Anyway. <laughs> That's <sighs> great. Okay. Anyway, we haven't been around in a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, we, we, uh, we haven't been in a while. I mean, it's been a while. Um, been recording a while and we did basically what i would say is an impromptu hiatus um i think it was necessary uh we did address that we hadn't recorded anything but this truly was impromptu and uh bobby will talk about some things and i'll talk about some things that'll kind of make clear why we decided to take the hiatus but just the high level answer is that um you know with a lot of like the negative things going on and especially election time too. It really wasn't a place where either one of us was going to be able to come to the table on these conversations with the other personal stuff going on in our lives and bring like positive spins or really in-depth, happy conversations past the same cynicism we kind of already talked through in some of the political things. So it wasn't even something like Bobby and I talked about and we're like, hey, we're going to take two months off or whatever it's been. It was more of just like, it was just kind of a feeling inside of me and a feeling I kind of sensed Bobby would have as well. And then we came back together and said, Hey, like I'm, I'm feeling good again. Let's get it going. So Bobby, I'm going to pass it to you. Cause I, I didn't want to give away too much of your story. Cause usually yeah. it's me with an update, but you have an update that actually is very pertinent. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, this was not uh, planned. Um, we hadn't recorded in a bit uh, before this thing that I'm about to talk about happened. Uh, it's just, you know, life happens. Um, we're in a situation right now where it's like that old, that old tweet from years yeah. ago, everything just happens so much. Like there's, there's just so much going on, but for people, for most people, um, that leads to not much going on really personally. Um, so there's really, it, it can be hard to like, feel like we're getting on here and we're grasping at straws for stuff to talk about because nothing changed yeah. in the last week or the last two weeks, really. Um, and we, we don't want to do that just because, um, you know, we want to we wanna be good. Uh, when you guys listen to us, we don't want you to be uh, feeling like it's a slog. When we're doing it, we don't want it to be feeling like it's, it's a slog. And yeah. also, uh, we don't get paid to do this yet. So yeah. <laughs> we can just take, we can just take uh, a break. But yeah, no, it's not like we didn't have ideas Um, for people we wanted to have on and stuff. But it's like, it's hard to ask people to drop what they're doing in this crappy situation and like, be like, hey, you want to talk about some sad situation you had? It's just, it wasn't the time. Yeah. And, and I, I personally, there's just like, the, the weird thing is for me personally, and a lot of people I've talked to, despite all the free time, um, like the extra time on either end of your day that working from home frees up um, the time during the day that it frees up, just not having to do like idle chatter with coworkers and stuff. I'm, I found myself way behind on music and dropping, stopping listening to a lot of the podcasts that I would listen to before. And I'm just like consuming a lot less content, like artistic content and doing more just like scrolling 
on Twitter or like just putting shit on in the background um, that I'm not paying that close of attention to. So I think that probably played a part in as well into me not being as enthusiastic for a little while there about getting on the podcast because I was just like, ever, despite what you'd think, people are just yeah. like not doing as much, I don't think. So I was just like less motivated because um, I feel like people are less motivated to like go yeah. listen to new podcasts. But it, during – our little hiatus. Uh, I've had several big uh, life changes. The first was I got laid off from the job I started in January. Um, I was the last person hired in my team. Um, and we had, you know, lost some clients. Uh, I don't want to, not going to get into details, but we had lost there's realignments going on and, um, I also think that my own personal, some stuff working from home for me personally, like made probably made them feel less bad about, uh, choosing me to be the one that got let go. But all those factors combined, I got laid off. Um, and when it happened, I really felt as though this could be a moment where my life falls apart completely. Um, just because I don't have a car anymore. Um, I had been commuting to Delaware. Now I was commuting within the city, um, easy walking distance. I don't have a car. I would have to get a car. Um, I need to find a job in this job market that is not <laughs> quite the opposite of booming. Um, don't really have that much savings available to me because um, it's kind of earmarked for stuff. And I just thought, like, if this goes on for a while and I take a step back career-wise, like, everything, I just felt as though everything was on the verge of falling apart. I had really not a panic attack, but as close as I've ever had to a panic attack. Um, and things just felt bleak. Um, since then, I have found a, a new job, uh, <laughs> Uh, a better job, uh, although uh, a harder, harder and more complicated one. But you know, excited for the challenge, whatever. But in basically every other way, it's a better job. I found it quickly. Um, I never got unemployment; it never came through. But luckily, I have, um, you know, made good enough friends that they kind of threw in some money um, for sort of a transition life transition fund for me that enabled me to pay my student loans. And I happened to get a tax return from 2018 that allowed me to pay my rent before I started getting paid. Like I, it is literally hilarious how I fall ass backwards <laughs> into situations that happen to work out. Uh, I just, I just white man my, my way through life uh, like a fucking idiot, like a uh, Richard and Veep kind of, a, a show that I now know references to because Isabel uh, yeah. watched it and I watched it with her. So, despite my <laughs> well documented distaste, but Richard's I character is just beautiful. There's nothing to hate there. But yeah, true. And just like just like me. Um, <laughs> so in the time that since we last spoke, I lost a job, despaired completely. Um, did nothing for about a month except apply to jobs, found a new job and uh, yeah, now actually feeling, feeling good and more secure um, in the fact that I'm probably on the track to a, a, at least a decent middle-class life yeah. than I ever have been. Yeah. Before. And it, it's, it's good to see. Cause you know, obviously I, I saw the, the despair hit right away and you know, I, I knew there wasn't really anything I could do. Like, you know, in terms of getting you like a new job on the spot or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess just because we are close friends, that one hit me a little bit harder. And I was really happy when I found out that you got a new job, which you did a terrible job of telling anybody. Um. <laughs> so here's the here's the thing with that. This happened last time I got a job, too, and it actually led to some like 
relationship strife. When I get a new job, I'm always terrified <laughs> that the offer is going to get pulled. So I don't, I don't tell anyone until like two days before I'm about to start. Last Christmas, um, I didn't, there was a moment where I like didn't have enough money to feel comfortable, like doing my family, yeah. uh, Pollyanna. And, um, it's like $35, but I was just like, with all the other holiday expenses and stuff, I just feel like I can't do it. And it was embarrassing. And I had my next job lined up. That was a better title, a lot better money, but I didn't tell anyone, including <laughs> Isabel. So she was like, you, you know, she was just like, you don't, how do you like not have enough money to do like a $35 thing? Like, how are we, like, if this is your job, are we ever going to get engaged and like move on with our life? Cause like I was making enough money to be able to do that stuff. If I didn't yeah. have all the student loans that I Which are totally going to get canceled by Joe Biden up <laughs> so, to $10 so the, via uh, coupon to yeah. Fuddruckers. Um, um, well, they you know, there's one down one. in Delaware, so ten dollars, ten dollars. They closed that. Fun really covered the gas to get down there and back, though. Yeah, I think there was the something happened there. Like somebody, like our, our mutual, like they were, they told the staff like the day they were closing down. They just went in and were just like, "We're closed," and they just like the management left. Like I think that was like a story because Delaware is known for being really cool to their their labor. Um, I only went. I went there once when I worked at uh, J.P. Morgan. That was right around the corner from yeah. there, and it was only because I was curious. Because I think that I had assumed that Fuddruckers was like made up for a Broken Lizard I, movie or something like that. Like, there's no way. There's a real place that has this name, but they did. And I, I think went it, there was, and it was. I don't remember. Idiocracy, which doesn't and it, like end up that. becoming butt fuckers, and that was the joke of the movie. But I was just like, wait, but there's a restaurant called Fuddruckers? Like <laughs> that's what it was. That seems bad to me. <laughs> yeah, the fact that the fact that you name your restaurant yeah. something that has the basis uh, on that is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's okay. brilliant. Maybe it's brilliant branding. <laughs> but that that that's what I was talking about. Um, I. I'd keep it really close to the vest just in case, because I'm always terrified that something's going to happen and I'm going to have to be like, yeah. So that thing I told you about is not happening actually. And be really embarrassed. Um, and so this time I, I did tell Isabel right away when I got offered, but I like we're in group chats and I saw you in person for a bachelor party. So I told people there. So like half a group chat knew <laughs> Half didn't, and then another group chat like was the same way. It was just just like a Frankenstein's monster of who knows this and who doesn't. And I forgot, <laughs> I basically forgot like who knew, and yeah. just did a really clumsy job of telling people my my wonderful news. So people didn't get to all feel happy for me at the same time. But eventually, yeah, everyone did get your, to feel happy. For your me. situation similar to mine, uh, laid off in a not so great world. I did bounce back. Um, and was able to find a job but um just a quick update on my life before we get into kind of what we want to talk about the meat of the episode today um nothing major has changed in my life the last episode we did was pretty heavy uh when we talked about uh my transition off of Cymbalta. um my new drug is doing a lot better i'm i'm dealing with you know anxiety still these days uh but that's just a part of who i am but i i feel like i'm in a good place but for a bit as i transitioned off that drug and was transitioning to a new one and dealing with a lot of these things and the, the podcast was kind of going on its hiatus uh whether i knew it was or it wasn't feeling you know again like couldn't put my best foot forward I also took a step back on the Twitch. There were, there were many days where I woke up and thought, this is the day I'm going to announce that it, I'm done. And it had nothing to do with Twitch. It wasn't like my enjoyment of Twitch or anything. It was just like waking up and then the idea of putting myself out there through a day where I had to survive at work didn't make sense. And I think what really hit me was we at work had a very busy season and that's why I joined in. And then we transitioned to a completely different like 
world and it, it felt like starting a second new job in quarantine remotely. So there was even a day I was supposed to meet my boss at Elvez. And before I could go, I was feeling very dehydrated, but I was also sweating a lot. And I was essentially having what later uh, my psych told me was probably a panic attack. Um, so I went to Elvez and I went inside and they're like, oh, yeah, you have to use your mask if you want to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I'm using like towels. I try to wipe sweat off myself. And I go to my boss's table and basically say, like, I need to take a sick day starting right now because I'm like sweating bullets. I don't have a fever, though, which is the funny thing. They shot the little gun at me and I didn't have a fever. I got home, I stopped sweating, but my clothes were so drenched as if I had like, like been out in like 150 degree sun, like I was in a sauna or something. And when I got home, I started to calm down and I was like, okay, maybe that was a panic attack. And like, because I hadn't really been like seeing my boss or a boss in a long time. And it just kind of played a lot into this feeling I had of not wanting to be seen really. Uh, not really want to be heard, feeling kind of isolated. And I think a lot of people have gone through that cycle in quarantine. So, you know, for me, honestly, you know, it, it, it's been a lot of watching, you know, politics, watching my friends and feeling a lot of empathy that I feel like is kind of, it's not draining, but it's like, you know, it's upsetting that it's not been all the best news for my friends. Obviously some has come now, but, uh, Bobby, you've experienced that just the same. I mean, we we see, you know, every couple of months, you know, somebody new gets laid off and we want to help. But... And we all throw in, yeah, we all put in money for that. I wasn't going to mention so that. That makes us sound money. cooler than we are. And, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're simps. No, but I mean, we've, we've done this. We've done this a handful of times at this point. And with the, with the good vaccine news that's coming, um, I mean, it's not quite as immediate as you might hope because they have to produce everything. It takes about a month to get both doses and everything. So we're still a couple months off from returning to whatever normal is with all these businesses closed down and people probably just wearing masks all the time regardless. But I mean, for un until that vaccine news came, it, it kind of felt like we were just going to be passing around, you know, 70 bucks each to everyone who lost their jobs for like a couple of years, maybe like it was kind of, kind of bleak. Like a, a, it was almost like our own friend groups, like GoFundMe insurance thing where it's like, God, this is just how people are going to have to pay for things. People relying on the generosity of friends or strangers because the government won't do it oh, for shit, us. I just realized something. <laughs> What's that? That's a tax write off. Cause we gave it to you as a gift. You should look into that. <laughs> I was actually wondering uh, about it's a the tax gift. implications of me taking it <laughs> the other day. Give it to your spouse. Give it to his. Give it to his right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a gift. It's a gift. Spouse. Shit. I got to talk to my – I've been talking to my accountant recently because I got a letter from the IRS saying that they thought my uh, 2017 taxes, that true neurotica heads, remember, I filed this past April <laughs> – I got, a, I got a letter from them saying they thought it was fraudulent. And when I went on to verify, I used an incorrect tax return. So they, okay. that then confirmed to them that it was fraudulent. So I've been talking to my, been talking to my, uh, got my parents' friend who helps with taxes, helps me and also with taxes um, a lot. And now that we mentioned this, I'm like, oh, when I go like drop off the money that I give them for helping me out, I got to <laughs> be like, hey, so I got a, uh, X dollar gift. Yeah. It's a a gift from friends uh, via Venmo. How how are we going to deal with like, this when we file for taxes um, next year? Anyway, I'm glad we talked about that on the podcast. Uh, if you're <laughs> auditing like... this parody, anyway. Um, but I think this is, is kind of an interesting transition to what I actually want to um, talk about today. Is because while there are some good things happening on the micro level of my friend group, um, on the macro level of the world, uh, we're facing a reality in America soon that is very mm. scary. And we've been calling on our uh, politicians for months and months and months 
to give us um, some type of protection and stimulus. Uh, we did receive one check. Uh, so we're not going to pretend and sit here and say they didn't do anything. I know that we did all receive a $1,200 check, uh, American citizen. Yeah, we got enough money that, but that, to cover that's a car the, insurance payment. That's the thing that we're going to be kind of at talking about is that at this point, it's coming up on the reality that that one payment will literally be $100 a month. If they do like another stimulus, it sounds like it's not going to come till February, which is pretty close. I guess April's when they did the first one, but it's it's almost like pretty close to like a little over $100 a month, not even... The twelve hundred dollars they thought they were giving us to save us, like it, it. Some of us, yes, it was like the the few of us that could take it just as an extra job thing. It was awesome. Some of us needed it as holy shit. You know that was my layoff time. So that for me, I, I like, I took that stimulus check as like, thank God, you know, for me, and then I got another job, and that was literally a bridge I just needed. But for a lot of people that doesn't last that long. And for other people like Bobby, yeah, that doesn't line up with his lifeline, you know? Like, Yeah. And the last uh, bill that they put through had the stimulus check, which did it end up actually getting delayed? Cause Trump wanted his signature on all the physical said, checks. But I think it only delayed the physical that? people and most people had direct deposit set up. So okay. it, it wasn't as dramatic as they reported. I think yeah. that one was so they a had that. sensationalism. They had that. They had the $500 billion um, PPE, which if I remember correctly, there's a, a whole thing about how the way that it was structured, it was $450 billion of that was able to be leveraged 10 times over. So if they had wanted to, they would have been able to actually give out like yeah. five billion dollars, um, or no, five trillion dollars, and it would have been able to be like handpicked by um, Mnuchin. Um, but the way that it actually ended up, they didn't even end yeah. up using all which of the five hundred billion dollars, which is <laughs> completely ridiculous because so many so, people didn't get it. Um, and then they had the six hundred dollar a week unemployment protection which only got through because bernie made noise and was threatening yeah. to not vote for it at the very end so imagine yeah. so if they didn't have that like there's so many so many bills are coming due so many people are um late on uh rent or about to be evicted or being evicted uh with the uh, moratorium coming up in philly i think it ends at the end of the year um i just got a text from my cousin saying that people are reporting their cars stolen at like record rates in the city right now because they're behind on payments and they're saying they're stolen instead of repoed so that they, uh, yeah, no liability. So it doesn't like fuck their credit. Yeah. And this leads us to what we were meaning to talk about in the first place, which is the fact that all these people are going to be kicked out of their houses and yeah. So shelter. No, obviously we didn't want to, bring you guys down that quickly but it's an important topic to talk about because we did just start to get the details of what the next bill will be and the next bill is in my eyes a travesty on all levels um they do have a provision actually bobby that i think they're trying to um take back some of those funds that uh were not spent um from the first ppps uh but they're just being reinvested into new ones um, so it's basically just new companies are getting it. One of the companies that we saw getting it is Project Veritas. What did they do? Um, I think they got about $500,000 and Project Veritas is basically this thing run by a guy named Jamie O'Grady, where they, uh, try to expose, uh, liberal evil or hypocrisy. And the way that they do this is by, uh, paying people to pretend that they are evil, hypocritical liberals and then filming them and then releasing the videos. They literally everything that they put out ends up being completely discredited. People, I think the most recent thing that people may remember is uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, signaled this yeah. to them a couple months ago. I forget about what, 
Um, but you know, I I responded to that by tweeting a picture of a guy with a Joker head pointing at a different Joker head on a blackboard. <laughs> it's like this is totally yeah. boosting yeah. Project Veritas. So, so they are one the of the businesses around. getting money. And they they got PPP. Uh, it just came out that Tom Brady got yeah, about a million dollars for his TB12. Wonderful. Meanwhile, every restaurant, every other restaurant in Philadelphia is closing down because uh, they can't afford to stay open. Those things run on razor-thin margins as it is. Um, Even if they've been allowed to do some indoor dining, a lot of outdoor dining, even if they were allowed to do it without restriction, probably most of these places would close anyway because people would just mostly still not go out. (laughs) Because people are trying to be safe about, yeah. Well, that's the I thing. Mean, it's weird. It's like people, people, like libertarians are saying, uh, the government is killing these businesses by like not allowing them to operate. But it's like no, they if, if they're operating at full capacity, they would still be dying, and you would just be saying that they're dying on merits. Like it, you just you're going to complain about shit when that's, it's going to happen let's... regardless. <laughs> You should just Let's be not get too in the minutiae of that, but the, the, very, <laughs> the very point is that if we're going to even say the government is fucking with their ability to stay open or stay closed or close and still be a business by the time it's safe to open, they just gave half a million dollars to a media outlet. They gave a million dollars to Tom Brady. They are not giving money to this business that could, literally could have closed or even ran, you know, at their limited capacity at safe and, you know, added on to that so that to make sure that their business was safe in all this, they didn't do that. So that, yeah, sorry. What do you think? What do you think would be the funniest company to have Play-Doh. gotten PPP payments? Quibi? Yeah, that's I a pretty funny Quibi. one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or, or Rakuten, because I don't know what they are yet. The they were giving out money time. in the little machines. It'd be like funny now if you go to the Rakuten machines. It's like you put in a dollar and maybe you get a TV and maybe you get like a like a squeaky toy. <laughs> Rakuten's the new tax system. <laughs> or they just yeah. give it to Theranos still. But anyway, <laughs> so at the, at the mid-level bad, top-level bad, let's look at the individual level. Unemployment they're they're dropping it from 600 a week to 300 a week. That's bad, but I think at least okay, great. They're 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 still addressing that. They're giving something. What's worse is that's basically it for the people. There's no moratorium extension. There's no other stimulus check. Uh they're extending uh, unemployment by one. And month. there's that's it. And the reason that there's no stimulus check um, is that the Republicans well, they're giving oh, liability now, protection to companies. I think it's it's yeah, the lo- yeah. liability protection is getting through anyway. So that was like that was why it was taking so long. They were like trying to ha- figure out can we get get a stimulus check without the liability protection, and it ended up just being like we get we we don't get the stimulus check, and yeah. the companies get liability protection. To, if if people that they basically forced to go to work um die and, and the company's just fine so yeah yeah basically and then the speaker of the house who's supposed to be the democratic side to fight on our behalf said she was more willing to accept the smaller bill it seemed like she was gleefully about this that the news of a vaccine and joe biden's presidency is why she was willing to accept this new bill so what we have here is a failure to communicate because nobody has talked to Nancy about the ability to go from losing your home or homelessness, adding a vaccine in Joe Biden and having a home because I, I don't believe that no one's talked to exactly. her about it. Exactly. Uh, but I'm from here. Delaware, and if Joe Biden can figure out the homelessness or the Oxycontin problem there in his uh, 10 billion years as senator before he went off to be VP and do nothing else, well, he probably signed, you know, the 
do some violence against women act or something like that. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, but it's just such a, just a, such a fucking naive and, way of like, well, it's not naive as she said it. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Like there's two things that this made me think of. The first was, do you remember people would say like a year and a half ago that people hate Nancy Pelosi? Cause she's just like so damn competent. Yeah. She's such a girl boss. And then, I mean, it's very possible that she is competent and this is just what she wants. I'm starting to realize so that. She's able to get the absolute watered I just, down I don't understand her goals. She wants I just... through. And the, the other thing it made me think of was the Friday after the election uh, when they basically called it. I uh, took the excuse of walking down to Reading Terminal Market to go to Denix and get a victory sandwich. But basically, I was just like, I, I want to yeah. go check out the scene down here because that's where uh, the, the Trump supporters were rallying uh, to stop the count. And where the Democrats <laughs> were like counting. You would call it you would call it a counter protest. But, yeah, they're partying. And I didn't want to bring anyone down. So I didn't stay there for that long. But I was just like watching. It was mostly like white yeah. people doing the Cupid shuffle and cool. shit. And I was just like. It's we. I was like, we got Joe Biden as president. We lost seats in the House, and we didn't take the Senate. Where all the predictions were that we would have a couple seat yeah. margin in the Senate, and we failed to take it back. Maybe, but maybe not at the help with of these Georgia runoffs. The bigger Democratic um, machine at this point. I mean, now more money. The only money will be flowed to them. But like, I was getting signed up for elections that were in states across the country because I donated once through Act Blue. Like, it was bullshit. And they were all the wrong candidates. I was getting Amy McGrath emails. Yeah. Amy McGrath. I was getting her personal emails. I never signed up for anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I remember being down there and this, like, festive atmospheres around me. Um, people not social distancing, and I, I just, yeah. it felt so bad, bad, man. Just like the, the, the fact that the fact that the, it's so bad that we feel like we have to celebrate just what was a pretty disastrous election. And we're celebrating Joe yeah. Biden and bad news by dancing to keep it shuffle it was, in the streets. It, was um, it just felt really, it, it feels really, like, really um, bleak to me. You know, when people say, um, like, addition by subtraction, it feels like just, like, rewind yeah. by subtraction. Like, we had to just, like, deal with all, like, the pain of it. Just go back to where we were before that still sucked. And then go on a slightly different path that sucks slightly different less. <clears throat> yeah. And so the reason that I'm thinking of this again now is that this is... This well, bill I, is I, I can't... Like... The, the Nancy Pelosi's and the Joe Biden's, like, Nancy Pelosi's saying that she's cool with this bill because Joe Biden won the presidency. That's, yeah, and that's what you're like doing somebody, the Cuban shuffle for, ultimately. And, yeah, and yeah, materially. Not, I, I, <laughs> it, ju- it justifies the... Yeah, and there was even, like, a tweet from, like, AOC, and I was like, well, like, somebody needs... To- and I like jokingly said, like someone needs to tell Nancy, blah, blah, blah. Like it was like a joking tweet, and people liked it enough. Of you know whatever douche you can be in reply to like a AOC or Trump tweet, but one guy just said like AOC accepted it because she said it was better than nothing. I was like literally under the tweet it says, but she's like, then we need to work for stimulus checks. Like Nancy was like, oh, we're done here. Wash my hands. Like cool, awesome. She was like, this is good. This is the scenario I wanted. Like. No, you're an idiot. Like, ugh. so long-term implications of this, why we're yeah. even talking about this, why this is an episode. So basically no new money is getting into the hands of people. Even if Joe Biden gets into president and his first day signs executive orders that says student loans are canceled, that doesn't put money in people's hands either. <clears throat> people are behind on the rent. We saw a recently most states are 20 to 40 percent of their residents are behind on rent payments 
but some states over 40% of their residents are behind on rent payments. Moratorium on, uh, you know, as Bobby mentioned, for at least Philly and I believe the rest of Pennsylvania, but in a lot of the states, I say, uh, moratorium that they put on evictions is set to end January 1st, which, again, Joe Biden can't do anything for us. He won't be president. Um, The Senate and House will be on vacation and they already have a bill that they think is good enough. So when these evictions happen... Can we evict half the country at once? I I don't know. But I have to talk about a situation that I didn't even put it together because there is a moratorium. The people that are in the homes right now, they are technically a term that is not necessarily a nice one. Those are squatters. Now, we also know on the other side, the person who owns a home is a landlord. Already we have English problems. Bob, Bob, you see any issues with that? No, and I mean, no, I mean like the act, I'm talking about the English of it. You don't the see majority. any issue with like, the way we name things. Oh, <laughs> if I were calling oh, somebody a lord, <laughs> clear uh, implications for <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, to us, the word landlord has yeah. implications, but it still has the word lord in there, uh, which yeah, you know, lords and vassals. And then when you when you think of squatter, you don't necessarily think of someone that lost their job and can't pay like rent. Like somebody else's house and scared them out and is, you know, a, the cops for it. Yeah. Or, 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 or a yeah. people that are like yeah. in a, a crack this house. This is not like a the case then for most families. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Bobby, obviously you and I um, were on the side of the people in the houses because we even know, um, Philadelphia kind of had a little bit of their own uh, protest slash community or, you know, um, what was the name that, you know, Seattle called it? It was like a something zone. Um, autonomous. Zone. God, what was it? But it was an autonomous zone. So that meant that they were oh, yeah. their own community, um, basically taking public land for themselves to say, like, we're the people and we have nowhere to live. So then we're going to you know, manifest destiny like you guys all did. Um, no, but it was it was actually a beautiful thing to watch people like help each other and donate. And literally they were just in a park during a pandemic that nobody was at a park. Like I, I literally watched the cops hassle some of the people in the tents one day as I watched a bunch of bros play ultimate Frisbee with no masks, all their shirts off and glasses. And they were probably going to all hug later. And I'm like, you legally have to talk to those guys and you're asking these people who I'm sure you think you legally have to talk to, but of course you're talking to these ones. Like, but what we're talking about right now is not even the people who are homeless yet. It's that, that fear that you are going to be homeless. The, the clock hasn't started ticking yet. And I, the reason why I brought up squatters is because I technically was a squatter at one point. And we might've talked about it in the podcast in a like, different way. Um, I talked that I moved a lot, but a lot of times they were, you know, like we got to go tonight or it's going to happen quickly, or we got officially evicted and we got to go. I had a situation where the landlord did not, he was kind of off his rocker and I think he might've had a warrant for his arrest. So he would not go to the sheriff's department to set the eviction in motion. So my father basically was working off a loophole that, until he actually was evicting us, we didn't have to leave. We would keep owing that back rent as we stayed legally, but we didn't have to vacate the property. So I'm going to let you kind of chime in, Bobby, but obviously this story takes some uh, twists and turns that I think I've talked about in the rest of the episode that won't be, you know, particularly uh, usual to the, the regular case, but, this is the reality I live. So I kind of want to just like get your insight on that. It's interesting. Um, the first thing is I was sort of getting at it before. Um, among our political cohort, I'll say uh, the word landlord yeah. is basically a four letter word. Right. But there are, and other people 
um, with our similar beliefs might not quite agree with me. There, I think that there are levels. There's, there's nuance. If you buy a duplex and rent the other um, apartment to someone, you are technically their landlord, but I don't, you're not really making your living leeching from a lot of people in a way that say Alan Don is. I really, when, when I was at that uh, celebration for Biden thing, part of the way that I assuaged how bad I felt was emailing everyone on the Philadelphia city council. Cause they were meeting either that day or the next day about um, yeah. extending the eviction moratorium. And I emailed everyone on the council except Alan Don. Cause I was just yeah. like, you're the biggest landlord in the fucking city. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to waste the 30 seconds it takes to copy and paste this email to you because yeah. you, you want your fucking money. Like, fuck off. So, so there, yeah, I, I think that there is nuance there. I'm not sure exactly where I feel that you become a leech and it's like legitimately kind of amoral. Um, but when we think, when we hear landlord, we think of, I think more the second, the second kind, the Alan Doms, or a smaller time, aspiring Alan Dom. Maybe we don't think as much about the, like I said, the person that buys a duplex or the person that has a few properties and is like doesn't have as much money and is not as reputable. Um, in in this particular case, you said he's a shady character that maybe doesn't have the connections and resources needed to do some of the dirty work. Um, yeah, requiring and being a that's true the thing landlord. Is, when you get into this squatter scenario, again, like I said, he only has the rights up to what he can legally do, and we only have the rights until we're our clock is up. So our clock doesn't start until we get a posting on our door that says you must leave the premises in sixty days. I felt horrible, you know, being in this place, not knowing if, you know, we were paying rent or could afford it. You know, I probably felt shame from society and stuff like that. But what you have to realize is when the alternative is literally living in your car, you don't fucking think about that as much. Maybe retrospectively, I can go, yeah, I feel bad about that. But I was scared shitless then just because I didn't want to be on the streets. Here's the problem. Like I said, the guy was off his rocker. So what he did was uh, he would try to scare the shit out of us, out of the house. Um, So one time I was coming back home with my cousins. And as I was about to get out of the car, I was told to stay in the car. And the car sped off as a angry, uh, like, you know, freaking uh, Hulk-like character of our landlord is walking towards the car with a spray paint bottle in his hand. And we uh, zoom off. And when I get home, um, basically there are curse words in my dad's name to leave, uh, spray painted on our front lawn and on our door uh, and on our driveway. Um, Another incident, I was home and I was the only one home, but I was probably like in my room, like upstairs, like watching something because I started to hear something like my dad was coming home. So I walked downstairs and all the lights were off. And then I realized it wasn't my dad because there was just too much like jiggling around. It was the landlord uh, trying to break a key off in the lock so we couldn't get in. And he didn't realize I was still inside. So it was a deadbolt that like had one of those like turns on the inside, but on the outside, you could only like unlock it or like I could unlock it with, um, the key on the inside so i was able to unlock it but he basically was doing whatever he could to cut off our access because he couldn't do the legal process um and i was you know late middle school early high school maybe so shit's scary when you're the only person home and like somebody's like you think somebody's trying to break into your house you're like oh they're just trying to lock me in here forever Yeah, that's that's worse than someone trying to break into your house. That's someone trying to like in one of yeah. the only ways that is possible. And we had, we had a lot of house. stuff like actually be stolen from the house, like as we were trying to actually leave. So 
I'm not going to throw around accusations, especially because I think he's no longer alive and was confirmed um, to have been taking meth at some point, probably during that interactions we had with him. We actually lived next door to his brother. Uh, my dad had a much better relationship with him, and then they had a falling out, and then he also passed away. But um, it's funny because this neighborhood, I had lived in it three different times. This was the first time. And my best friend, uh, Tim, who I've talked about before, um, he lived in the neighborhood with me. And um, there was even one point where I lived in the house that he did later on. That was the story I was talking about living in someone's basement. Uh, but like, you know, it's embarrassing to even have your friends want to come over and see that your door is always going to be this weird orange color. Because you can't clean off it saying, fuck you, Timmy. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I can't. But that, I, that's I really what it is to be a squatter. You are um, not human. You're treated as literally pieces of shit. And I get why they're so angry. They think, yeah, you know, okay, well, I'm owed thousands of dollars, so this is how I need to take this aggression out. But, like, I was just a kid. Yeah, I mean... I obviously side with the people in the house. Like they don't have money. They need somewhere to live, but I, it's not as though I don't see the other perspective. I just well, kind of yeah. don't, I don't have the, I don't have, when I look at that perspective, I understand where they're coming from. I just think that it's. Well, that, that's why I'm saying to look it's not that. wrong that he wanted his property back. It's not wrong that he felt he was owed something. What was wrong was the way that he treated us and the fact that because of his own failings or whatever, he didn't go through the proper process to alert us that, you know, we're being evicted. And because my dad was friends with this guy, so they might even at some point done some like trade for work kind of stuff like rent. Um, so there was some kind of agreement already in place, I think, to a degree on like some of the terms, but it's just starting to get hazier and hazier. And the, the reality is if he just does the right proper legal things, you can't fault him at all and say, well, it's his property. He's taking it back. We owe the money. We're going to still have to pay that back at some point, but it starts this clock that whatever the state decides. And when that clock's over, nobody cares about you. There's no homelessness insurance. I mean, there's, there's, you know, unemployment, which is hard to get, but there's no like unhousement. You just hit the street. And that's what we kept doing was like kept going to people's houses. We were at least like thankful enough to have big family, but what else can you do? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a jump. Hate the player, hate the game thing uh, with landlords, but they're, they're choosing to play the game uh, in that way. So you can also hate the player, but like, it's still, you know, they have an asset. They, have an agreement to get money for yeah. it. They want the money for it. Um, and then the people living there have their squatters rights for X amount of but time. It, it, um, but if they, if they use that time up, they don't necessarily. I guess what I just really want to hammer home somewhere to get. on all of this though is when I think about the timeline, I don't know how much was owed. I don't know who was right in this, like legally, like, my father could have been doing something super illegal or shady or just, you know, really abuse the system legally, or it could be completely flip side that he had paid this guy like some agreed amount and the guy decided, no, you got to pay this. Like it, it could go either way in court, but I'm a kid and he knows he needs to keep a house over my head. Even if you're saying he just stole a home for a couple of months, you know what? That is one of the few things I will give my dad a lot of respect for. Like, cause he's staying, he stayed in there with yeah. a lot. I mean, we were both kind of targeted, but with a lot of, you know, liability to what could fuck him over later because he's squatting there because he was just trying to give me a place to stay till he found something else. And he got sick a few times and I was in that home alone, even like, a few times. And I think the only reprieve that we got was that the landlord had to go to rehab for a little bit. I think that actually happened. 
uh, I don't want to um, besmirch the dead man's name that spray painted "fuck you, Timmy" on our lawn. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, I'm not I'm not saying every landlord's like this. And again, to Bobby's point, not every landlord is like the landlords you think of that are like the the Allen Doms. It's not like whatever the fuck Hannibal Burris is doing right now. Um, yeah, I, I wonder which kind he is. That's yeah. actually him. He's so vociferous yeah, about defending I, it. I, I heard reports he might be way. a really good landlord. I've heard reports he might be a shitty landlord. I don't know. I don't I don't really like even blame people though who have like more than one property and want to rent it out in terms of like let's say you have a beach house or something you run out for a week, sure. If you have a house that you just like really wanna like maybe one day retire to, but you bought it when it was cheap, so you rent it out now, okay, sure. Like I I'm fine with doing those kinds of things. It's just that we talk a lot about how, you know, people say America is the greatest country in the world. Well, when shit hits the fan, you know, it, it's supposed to become, okay, well, you pull up your bootstraps and you have a second chance, you can do anything. That's not a reality. It just doesn't happen because being poor is the worst thing that can ever happen to you. It's no. expensive to be poor. Plenty of people have talked about that. We don't even have to do a podcast again on that. You can go back in our stuff. You can go Google it. It's just like when shit hits the fan for all of the economy. And like that's the thing. That was Our case was just us. That was our situation. We need to figure our shit out. But shit's about to hit the fan for the whole economy. And the stock market is still somehow doing great. And where are they putting the money? Top down still, still trickle down economics. It's got to be bottom. Yeah. And that's just what the stock market is. It's 90% of the equity in the stock market's held by what, 10% of the people. So that going up is, I mean, I guess it's a, it's viewed as a good sign for the economy, but it's not material. Hey, well, that, material. I think helpful. that's the thing that people really need to realize when they like talk about, like, man, I'm really upset if we elect this person. Um, or like this person, uh, taxes are going to go up. My taxes have gone up only once in the however long, like, I guess, decade now that, uh, you know, I've been employed and I've seen like two to three presidents or whatever. I know that's not a lot, but Trump put in that one tax change. Like I thought it, I thought every president changed the tax plan like every year. no. Just as much as my uncles and shit were bitching and stuff. And I'm like, now I'm like thinking about it. And I'm like, what are the fuck are you guys doing that you have such complicated tax stuff? Like, maybe you're just not smart enough for it. Maybe you should accept that. Like, I don't think it's the taxes that's cutting in your margin enough. Like, you you just don't really know how to fucking be a landlord, funny enough. That was actually a legit question. I think it's the idea of taxes. I think it's the idea of taxes that scares people more than like the actual reality of it being implemented, which yeah. it rarely is. I mean, if, if we had our way, uh, it would probably go up a little for everyone, but mostly for very wealthy people. But again, like you said, for the, it, it doesn't really change that much. And for the most part, it doesn't affect. And the funny thing is if we got rid of taxes, you know what the first shit to get funded would be all the stuff that we can think of. What do we need as people? Now, that probably screws us, you know, for the military. I do acknowledge the military needs some money. It does not need the amount of money we give it. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying, yeah, just no from a society can. level, if you just said there's no more government, we're not giving you guys any money, you figure this shit out yourself, but you got your paychecks, go. The first things we would go, would be like, uh, this is fucking should we do a daycare or something for the kids just to like, let's get this extra money. Just if I can just get them off my, and that would be the shit that would start getting done. Like, ah, you know, healthcare, like we need hospitals. Like, you yeah. mean if it was sort of democratically allocated, <laughs> you know, if we did what the people wanted, <laughs> um, or maybe, maybe not democratically allocated, but if it was, Allocated by each person individually when you would well, yeah, it's, it's just essentially what it would look like. like it, they talk about in apocalypse movies, you know, or, and stuff like that. 
like a Mad Max. Look how crazy that gets in the apocalypse. Or if you even talk about like a video game, like The Last of Us Part Two, and it has, or even The Last of Us, like the first game, it has elements that work and some that don't for what is actually um, wired in our brains. And that is society will always come back together, even if there's some kind of catastrophic event. So talk about that. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have come together and, to in multiple different in places first, in the first yeah, place. Yeah, it happened in really throughout history in multiple different places. Yeah. And then we've seen even modern examples of creating devastation in Japan and watching their economy, you know, kind of cater from that and still not really recover, but then make so many other different advancements. They come back together. And even just 9-11, which is that example of, you know, this is American patriotism. But people did come together. Like, there is power in trauma. And people will always come to Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. part of that was just... Well, and some people pushed that, unfortunately. Um, Bill Maher. Uh, but the thing is, it's just, like, society will always come back together. And the thing is, we won't have, like... They say we won't have big groups of raiders. Now, I'm sure there will be people who are like, yeah, society's done. No laws. And I think Trump getting elected proves that uh, sociologists don't know the shit they're talking about. But there is a repeatable pattern of just even monkeys getting the packs. They, they do these basic things that just help them. And then they can be more adventurous about going out and foraging and stuff like that. Like, that's how people will work if they get everything stripped from them. You know, it's going to be like, you know, what if we were just thrown together on an island all together naked and then afraid? It would be, okay, does anybody know how to make clothes? Somebody will make clothes and we'll start creating like this barter system in society, but it's going to be to fill the needs of those people. There won't be any companies or anything to fill the needs of. The question is, does my, does my theory hold true that if you took away the government today in a society that has companies and just told the people well okay you figure it out the reality is that the companies are just gonna fuck us more um you know what would be an interesting idea after tomorrow book or movie a star trek no a star trek version of lord of the flies and they sort of have that where it's like yeah where where it's like all right yeah, no, it, like I think like there is an episode like that with Star Trek, but I think it's like not to the the um, same spirit that you're saying. Like theirs is more like Hunger Games. I'm I'm saying, um, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, like it's it, it. There needs to be someone to just break through on all of these things to people, and I don't know who it will be, but they're there needs to be a centralized voice because if Donald Trump can do what he did with just like playing off of money, charisma or whatever, there needs to be a counter voice because, you know, people coming together and being strong is what you want in the end, but somebody has to start it. And if somebody just doesn't, you know, capture the imagination in these next four years where Biden's going to be like, you know, trying to be we're going to try to kick him left like i i'm afraid of people will lose too but what i'm thinking about right now is fuck in a month people in my city are going to be homeless that are families and other stuff and then i think fuck we already have a bunch of homeless in the city and i think fuck one of the biggest cities in america we should already have somewhere for all these people to go and be safe and be okay and i said you know fucking um Somebody was supposed to be going like bankrupt, like Trump or something. And we know Trump doesn't have any money. If he owns any of his hotels left, if we could f- buy them on a foreclosure sale and just make them like little apartments for people until they can get their like lives together, like that would be the coolest thing ever. But the government's not going to do that. There's no celebrity here that's going to do that. Like, I mean, I think the biggest person who gets back to the community is Meek Mill. And frankly, Meek just doesn't have that money. Like, no, he doesn't have Jay Z money, and who knows if he did, it might uh, turn him into Jay Z, who would not be in favor of. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just like think that. it's, you know, we didn't talk in depth about what squatters' rights are, but I don't think that there even should be a definition of what 
necessarily squatters' rights are. I think there just needs to be some kind of agreement in this country that, you know, if you want to get into somewhere, obviously, like, you, you jump into this lease agreement, but there's protection for you when life goes wrong about where you can go. And there's maybe something for these landlords that are smaller so they can have some, like, insurance or something. So you can offer insurance for some everything else. It's just, it's, it's really upsetting that, like, it, it seems to punish really the small guy twice because there's going to be a lot of small landlords that can't yeah. recoup these costs and it's going to hurt them a lot. And how many people maybe are landlords that are just living off of uh, that money right now because they got laid off too. And they're hoping that their tenant doesn't get laid off. Like, like that's ironic, but like that situation might exist. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like the easy way to solve that is to have like decent, dignified um, government subsidized housing so that if you can't pay your rent, you don't feel the need to squat. You have somewhere to go. Yeah. And then someone else can pop in and they like, (laughs) like if if you want to keep in the, in the short term and until, you know, whenever some big socialist transition takes over, landlords are going to be a reality. So in order to, to make, to have them be kept whole, the best way to do that is to have somewhere for people to go when they can't pay. So they don't feel like they have to squat to live in a place that affords them dignity. And then, and then having them driven out, by having that dignity taken away by graffiti yeah, and it, it basically door. comes down to again yeah even if you have the same you know version of the landlord there's the landlord says that's my house my property and the person says that's my home that's where i live but the government only helps one of those two and but when you get to the situation that we're at now yes. where there's a where there's two groups going against each other and there's a squatter and there's somebody who needs that property because they need the income we're seeing those two clash and who are we going to side with we're always going to side with the person not in debt because we've been conditioned to think a squatter is a bad person you are stealing you're stealing property even though a landlord literally what they are doing is they are they bought some area that they have no intention to give any kind of attention to and tell somebody you could stay there for more money than anything you do in your life. And it is the most basic need. I get why it's so expensive, but it's just such a ridiculous thing that we have like, we had to, we, New York had to do, yeah, like New York had That's to do why rent ceilings. People hate. Yeah. I mean, that's why people hate landlords because it's the, it's a basic thing that everyone needs and you're in, the, the feeling is that you are yeah. gouging people because of the, you know, supply, demand, whatever. Um, but we're not going to solve this here. Uh, we've, we've talked about it a decent amount. Um, so I, I think that we can probably just end by saying, you know, first of all, as always, have empathy for people. Um, these, a lot of people have lost their jobs. They can't afford somewhere to stay and food and, you know, clothing, whatever. Um, don't automatically sign side with a landlord because the word squatter is gross to you. Um, and let's, let's vote for people that are going to have that empathy in their policies and not people like Nancy Pelosi who are just going to gleefully. Yeah. And to just uh, echo that, I don't want to just talk about the people who are squatters because that puts them in a very, you know, uniform group. I want to talk about the children who are in these homes right now. America is not protecting them in any way. It's not their fault. They're in this situation. There's nothing they can do. Putting them into the child foster care system is not a better solution. It is not shown to be good for your brain mentally. And when there's so much homelessness about to happen in this country, I don't think taking 20 to 40% of kids away from their parents during a pandemic is going to solve shit. So 
let's get our shit together and maybe extend those moratoriums. I think that'd be fair. Yes. Yes, right here in local decision. Go, go to right their here. personal homes and just keep knocking until they come out. You could do that too. No, it's, not a, it's a crime, not a crime to, to obtain the information illegally, but like if somebody else stalks them, yeah, you know, it's probably probably a crime to knock on their door after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, use your discretion. Whatever, but who cares? Whatever. It's not Halloween, motherfucker. <laughs> like you can't stand there all day. Um, you gotta move to the sidewalk at some point with a sign just to like look like you're doing something effective. Yeah, yeah. right up to the edge of harassment. And we mean that strictly in a, like, harassing a political person way. <laughs> yes. Plugs, baby. Right. Um, I what do you got to plug, now? Bobby? Great. All right. Uh, nothing, as usual. <laughs> Read uh, People's History of the okay. United States. By um, I've got some friends that are working on some things, so those will be plugged soon. But for the meantime... I've actually been um, getting really excited again about my Twitch. So you can join me on twitch.tv slash CodeRan. And we actually have a Discord now. Um, I can't tell you, like, the fucking link to it over uh, voice, but you can go to my uh, Twitch page, and there's actually a little button you can press. We got a little community growing, and it's becoming a little bit of a, a more booming uh, place to be when, you know, I'm getting my ass kicked in video games. Just come on in. Tell me how much you think you could do better uh, and talk to the other people uh, harassing me. Bobby is there sometimes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I am. Cool. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be coming to you more regularly now. We have some stuff that we're very excited about. Yeah. So watch this space. And uh, Yeah, so definitely be know. safe Take out there. A vaccine is <laughs> coming, and hopefully it is effective enough. Um, but yeah, neurotica is not going anywhere. If you take hiatuses like these, we will explain them, but we just want you guys to know that if you ever need us, we are always here just as individuals as well. Uh, so that's been neurotica. We're happy to be here today. Expect a, a lot of us in 2021 as well. Um, but Bobby, wh what's the last word? What are we going to tell them on the way out? Um, Draft Quentin Nelson. Ooh.